Greetings and welcome to TW Now. I'm Scott Winnell. This week and for the next couple of weeks, we have some special and short programs for you. These programs are pre-recorded because our staff is away celebrating the fall or annual holy days as outlined in the pages of your Bible. We'll resume our regular live programming in just a few weeks. But this week, we're going to focus on what the Bible calls the Feast of Trumpets. You might know it by its Hebrew name, Rosh Hashanah. You may have noticed that an increasing number of groups who call themselves Christian are beginning to keep the biblical holy days or festivals. Today, we're going to focus on what the Bible has to say about this holy day, the Feast of Trumpets, and what it means for humanity. Joining me today is Mr. Jerry Ruddleston. Mr. Ruddleston is a uh, church member working for the Living Church of God, and more importantly with today's program, he has been keeping and studying the Holy Days of God for decades. And so he brings that experience base and that knowledge base to the program today. Welcome, Mr. Ruddleston. Thank you, Dr. Winnell. It's really good to have you here. Good to be here. You know, as we start the program today, let's share with the audience why God included the Holy Days in the Bible. Why does he want us to keep these days, to celebrate these days, even in the end time, even now? Sure. You know, if we look at, our, look at our Bible, you know, it's very interesting from Genesis to Revelation, sort of from the beginning to the end. And there are threads throughout the Bible. And God's holy days are actually a thread throughout the whole Bible. Mm. And, more importantly, they're the God, they actually show God's master plan of salvation for all of mankind. Now, the audience might be saying, what are you talking about? Well, not only do they show a timeline of prophecy that we believe... They also show God's love of mankind by starting off with the very first holy day, which is Passover, which is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, which is very, very... And then moving on through the Days of Unleavened Bread, we come to Pentecost, which is the first fruits of who we are. And then we move on to trumpets, which is very fascinating to me because it culminates with the seventh trumpet... And we know there's more than, more than the, the seventh, mm -hmm. but the return of Jesus Christ Himself... So here we are, a master plan of salvation. And then we move on through to the days of, Day of Atonement, where God puts away Satan. And then the Feast of Tabernacles and the last great day, when all of mankind will have a chance to know the true God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. It's fascinating to me. So growing up knowing these holy days, uh, I think one of the catchphrases, if you will, that um, has stuck with me ever since I can remember is that if we lose track of the holy days, we actually will lose track of the plan of God. And really when you look around at modern Christianity, uh, most of whom don't celebrate the holy days anymore, uh, you look at a, a, a group of believers who believe in the Bible, but they've lost track of the plan of God and, and how it is outlined through these holy days. And so, to me, this is one of the most exciting holy days that we're going to talk about today, the Feast of Trumpets, because when you look at it from its meaning perspective, what it portends, what it points to, it really is talking about what's going to happen on the earth at the end of the age. That's right. So, let's jump into this conversation. And what I want to do is go to Leviticus 23 real briefly and read from it because Leviticus 23 is probably the one chapter in the Bible where the holy days are outlined in more detail than anywhere else. Uh, but you might ask, why are we going to the Old Testament? Isn't this the new covenant <laughs> that we're under? Well, the reality is the Apostle Paul made a comment in 2 Timothy 3.16, and I know you know the scripture, mm -hmm. where he said that all scripture is inspired by God. All of it. 
and he was referring primarily to the Old Testament. But he said, all scripture is inspired by God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. So God and his servants have always looked at the Bible as one book, not an Old and a New Testament as we would label them. Uh, all of it is useful. And we actually see that uh, Christ and the apostles kept these holy days too. And so we've got to go back. Leviticus 23 and verses 1 and 2 are really important. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, The feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, these are my feasts. Um, have you heard in the past people referring to these, these feast days as belonging to someone other than God? Certainly, and I was going to bring that point up if you wouldn't have said it. Because often you'll hear, well, these are the feasts of the Jews. Well, it's way more deeper than that. It's very clear. Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, it doesn't matter, it could be speak to the children of blank, blank, blank. The feasts of the eternal, of the Lord, that's what these are. And they are eternal feasts. And actually, this word, uh, Lord, you're, you're calling it the eternal which is very appropriate as well. Whenever we see that in the Old Testament, it actually is almost always referring to the one who became Jesus Christ. That's correct. So really, these are the feasts of Christ. They're the ones that he outlined. Those are the ones that he gave, and he says, these are my feasts. Uh, it wasn't the feast of the Jews. But if we skip down, we can go to, uh, starting in verse 23, we begin to see the Feast of Tabernacles outlined. Uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, it's called Tabernacle, or excuse me, the Feast, feast of, of Trumpets. trumpets. Um, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, this is on the Hebrew calendar, and the seventh month typically corresponds with September, October on our calendar. And it, it varies just a little bit because mm -hmm. the Hebrew calendar is shorter uh, than um, our calendar. So speak to the children of Israel, saying, The seventh month on the first day of the month you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation, which means a commanded assembly, you shall do no customary work on it, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. Uh, we don't make offerings by fire anymore. Uh, there's no priesthood or tabernacle temple anymore. But God outlined these feasts to be kept, this Feast of Trumpets. That's right. And then in the New Testament, he fills in many of the details of what they mean for us today as you're getting ready to, to jump, jump ahead to here in a, in a minute. Yeah, and I just wanted to make the comment too. This is the Feast of Trumpets, plural. That's correct. And at this time, elsewhere in the scripture, we don't have time to go into that today, but I, I would reference you to our booklet on the Holy Days, God's Master Plan, which you can find at tomorrowsworld.org. Um, it'll give you some more detail on the Feast of Trumpets. The trumpets that were blown and that God commanded to be blown on this Holy Day were actually two different kinds of trumpets. Uh, one was a, a hammered silver trumpet. Um, so mm -hmm. it actually was made out of metal. It's going to have a different sound, a crisper, clearer sound. Uh, and then the other trumpet that was blown in, in Hebrew is called a shofar, mm -hmm. which was a trumpet of bone, uh, typically the horn of a, a ram or a, um, a, a cow that was blown. And these had a, a, a loud sound. But both of these trumpets were to be blown on the Feast of Trumpets and, frankly, all of God's holy days. And you can always imagine that when a trumpet is blown, it's like a, a piercing blast in, in some cases, and it's like a call to action. It's an, you know, an excitement builds when the trumpets blow. Yes. And we especially find that in Revelation. In fact, Revelation uh, chapters 8 through 9 is kind of an outline of the trumpets. And it's a scary time for mankind. But it, it ends 
wonderfully. It ends wonderfully. Absolutely. Um, I just want to mention real quickly with the trumpets, um, these are things that God commanded to be kept with his holy days. Uh, they were to be overseen by his priesthood. Mm -hmm. And because we, we don't have that Aaronic priesthood anymore and there is no tabernacle, this is not something that we're commanded to do today. Although we do see people who, who do blow trumpets mm -hmm. on these days, just as a reminder of, of the meaning. And they That's can actually correct. add even more meaning to the day sometimes. But yeah, let's, let's jump in. As we, as we think about God's plan, God commanded the holy days to be kept. This was to be a statute forever. We see this and other holy days kept in the New Testament. Christ kept them. His apostles kept them. Um, Paul, the Apostle Paul actually kept and was keeping these holy days after the death of Christ. You mentioned that the Holy Days help us see the plan of God and outline the plan of God. Uh, as we begin thinking about the plan of God, what does the Feast of Trumpets mean? What, what does the Bible outline for the Feast of Trumpets? Oh, it, it's, you, 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 especially when you're turning to Revelation and, and going, started going through the, the actual trumpets and what they mean. I mean, God's going to shake the earth to get mankind's attention. But it's an exciting time because as I was referring to in our opening uh, dialogue that Jesus Christ is actually a, an important part of all the feasts. Mm. You know, that's one of the arguments, well, these are feasts of the Jews, but Jesus Christ is an important part of all these feasts. Mm -hmm. And the seventh trumpet especially pictures the return of the king. There is no more excitement than that. When we look around and we see the turmoils, the strife, the wars, the rumors of wars, the the horrible things are going on in this world. It needs a true king, and he's coming back on that trumpet. Mm -hmm. And there's much more than that to that, that, much more than that too, because in First Corinthians it talks about another aspect of it. Because also at that time, during the Feast of Trumpets, is when the re the first resurrection will take place, and that's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah, that's First Corinthians 15. That's First Corinthians 15. And you know, it's interesting when we look at the world today, uh, much of modern Christianity understands that Christ is actually literally going to return at some point in the future. But there's a misunderstanding in, in the time sequence. That's correct. Uh, many believe in a rapture where um, the, the believers are going to be and can be raptured away at any second. It could happen this afternoon, it could happen tonight. Yet the Feast of Trumpets puts a different time frame on yes. all of this. You mentioned the seventh trumpet as part of that. And if we go to Revelation 8 and 9, it outlines these trumpet plagues that will take place in the last year before Jesus Christ returns. It's called the Day of the Lord, uh, this time period. But a day is like a year. And so you've got this one year period of time when these trumpet events are going to happen on the earth. And yet, you mentioned when is Christ going to return? At which trumpet? It's, seventh. it's the last one, That's the correct. seventh trumpet, at the very end of this period of time. In fact, a, a passage that I would kind of like to look at really quickly is in 1 Thessalonians 4. You know, these days, unfortunately, we see death. And often you go to a funeral, this, this is actually read, but I don't think in one aspect it's not actually understood. Because this is a wonderful passage which specifically mentions the trumpet. So if I can just read a couple of verses of that. First, first Thessalonians 4, starting verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow of others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and we do, 
even so God will bring with them who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the eternal, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the eternal will, know by, will no means precede them who are asleep. Because here it is. For the eternal himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God. This is referring to the Feast of Trumpets. Mm -hmm. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Well, that is a, that's a passage that I, I just love this passage. In fact, it's one of my favorite songs. I'm not going to sing it for you. <laughs> don't want to embarrass myself or anybody out there in the audience. But this is a wonderful song that's sung about this. And it's about the Feast of Trumpets. So the, one of the events, you got this year-long period of trumpets that are blowing that's pointed to by this Feast of Trumpets. At the end of the age, the year before Christ returns, he, he returns to the sound of a trumpet, and at the sound of that trumpet, one of the events that first happens is the resurrection of the dead of the saints. Of the saints those those who have been true believers, they've understood the truth, and they come up, as you said, first. Yes. Can, can you read the rest of that sure. passage? Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the eternal in the air. And thus we shall always be with the eternal. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So you've got the, the dead in Christ raising first, and then those who are living. That's correct. Being changed. In fact, 1 Corinthians 15 fills in some of this as well. It says now, verse 50, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we all shall be changed. And That's how right. and when is the next question. And it tells us, verse 52, in a moment, in the twinkling or the blink of an eye, when? At the last trumpet. That's correct. And, and so it can't happen before the last trumpet sounds. This is a trumpet that's going to sound as Christ returns. Yes. But with that trumpet, wow, you've got a resurrection of, of people to life again. Yeah, it, no, this is one of the passages that sometimes is confused with a rapture that you sort of referred to. It's beyond our scope today to go too deeply into that, but it's not a rapture, it's a resurrection. Mm -hmm. That's it, what it is. And, and this, it's at a specific time. And this is a special resurrection. Not a secret time, this is a specific time. This will resurrect people from the grave and also those who are physical that's and correct. will be changed, as it says, and I, I, I won't continue, but it talks about being changed from flesh to spirit, putting off mortality. That's correct. And putting on immortality, becoming members of the family of God. And death being swallowed up. Which is, wow, what will that be like? <laughs> Wonderful thing. I did want to mention also another booklet that we have called Armageddon and Beyond. Um, the, what I appreciate actually is the centerfold of this booklet because it outlines what's going to happen from Bible prophecy standpoint for the last three and a half years before Christ returns. The last year of that is called the, the Day of the Lord that we've been talking about. And it, this actually lists those trumpet plagues, where they are in the Bible. Uh, really helpful table. And then the booklet goes into more, more detail on it as well. So we've got this Feast of Trumpets that is celebrated every year by the people of God. You've been doing this for, we won't say how many years. It's okay. We, you can, you we, can say we both have been for a long 1975 time. 1975 was the first one when my, when my parents were called into the church. I okay. was 10 years old. Okay. And mine was just a little bit before that, but I was born into, into <laughs> this understanding and thankfully have, have been able to hold on to it with God's grace. 
Um, but we've got this Feast of Trumpets that points to a number of events now. The last year of tribulation really on the earth before mm -hmm. the return of Christ, during which you've got these trumpet plagues that will play out, and Revelation 8 and 9 point that out. You've got, as you talked about, the, the return of the Messiah to the earth. That's correct. Uh, he's actually going to reign on the earth, as the scripture talks about with the saints. And we'll go into that on another holy day. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so stay tuned. Stay tuned. For that. Uh, but then you've got the resurrection of the saints to immortality, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. And it's this holy day that outlines these events. Let me ask a, a final question for you as we wind down here. And we hope that this is, by the way, uh, wet your whistle a little bit. Hopefully it's, it's increased your interest in this holy day. Again, we only have a few minutes today, but there's a whole lot of study that can be gone into on this topic of the Feast of Trumpets. But Mr. Ellison, let me ask you this. Um, thinking about your life experience uh, and the years that you've kept this holy day, because obviously knowing what the Bible says is one thing, but as you begin to practice it, you see it differently. You learn more about mm -hmm. it. What, what do you look forward to in the future about this day? What, what resonates with you? Well, it's interesting, and I, I think this is a pretty fascinating question in, in itself, because as I began observing these as a young man, you know, approximately 10 years old, 10, 11 years old, um, we looked forward to trumpets even then. So, because it was a time when all of our local churches would come together and we would have services, we'd have a potluck. You know, I was 11 year old, food is great. And you get to spend all day with your friends. And I kind of knew what trumpets was, but so you're keeping it. You begin keeping it and you realize that there's a plan. And here I am, plus 40 years later. We'll just keep it at that, plus 40 years. And I have a family of my own. And this day has a much deeper meaning to me. It really does. Especially because we start observing world events. The events that our children are growing up in, the world that our children are growing up into. Mm -hmm. And I realize desperately how much it needs. I, I keep saying it, the return of the king. And that's what this day culminates, culminates in. And as we have, you know, as we start hitting middle age and we start seeing death. I have friends who have died who are younger than me. We know many elder, elderly people who have died. We love every one of them. And we can't wait for that, that verse in Corinthians to happen when death is swallowed up in victory. What a time it will be. One of my favorite, my favorite passages of, passages of the Bible that I, I read was there in 1 Corinthians 4 mm. and verse 13. We look forward to it. And you have to, here's the deal. You have to practice it to understand it. It's academic any other way. You can read the booklet, you can do, you have to practice it to understand it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I encourage people to do. Embrace it. Understand that God's plan is a thread throughout the whole Bible from beginning to end. It is what prophecy really is. You all know what prophecy is? Keep the holy days. You know, it's interesting for me <clears throat> when I think about keeping God's holy days. God commanded them to be kept. And He didn't say keep them just once. Mm -hmm. He said, keep them every year. And he gave us the dates. That's right. Every year on which to keep them. And I think one of the things that resonates with me keeping these holy days every year is you're forced to remember what they mean and what they portend. That's right. You stop keeping them and you begin to forget 
what these things are. I've, I've known people over the years who used to keep these days and don't anymore. And the plan of God has sort of disappeared from their way of looking at the world. But by keeping these, these days every year, it keeps the plan of God right here in your mind. And you know we're going to keep, uh, we are keeping this day as, as this is being watched by many of our viewers. And we're going to be celebrating this day. And we're going to be embedded in the meaning of this day, focusing on the powerful return of the Messiah to the earth. And not so much to punish, but to set up his kingdom on the earth. That's right. And, and this day is pivotal to make that happen. He's got to come back. He's got to put down the, the rulership of the world for his kingdom to be able to be set up. And frankly, the other holy days that came in the spring have to happen too for we to get to this point. Yes. Yeah, it's all part of the plan. This is that pivotal holy day. The spring holy days that we keep, Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and Pentecost, really are historical events. That's correct. That's set up for the coming of the Messiah. And, and this is the transition from the past to the future and pointing us to the future. In the, the prophetic plan. Well, I appreciate you being here Thank you. on the program today and sharing with us your experiences and your insights into the Feast of Trumpets. You know, this holy day is really here. It's in the Bible. And its command was given by Jesus Christ anciently. The holy day was actually kept by Jesus Christ and his disciples. And it should still be kept by his disciples today. The truth is, when we lose track of God's holy days, as we've talked about, we begin to lose track of God's plan for mankind. To find out more about the Feast of Trumpets and the other holy days God gave to us for a blessing and for a guide, please check out our booklet, The Holy Days, God's Master Plan, in which we reveal the answers to what so many Christians today see as irrelevant mysteries. You can read or download this free booklet on the tomorrowsworld.org website. And you can find us right here again next week on TW Now. Next week, we're going to delve into the Biblical Holy Day of Atonement. We hope you will join us. And to find out more about the future, to hear more encouraging news, do visit us on tomorrowsworld.org. Stay tuned.